Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Come on, somebody. Hope you guys enjoyed those announcements. Did you all enjoy that? A couple people. All right. If you did, just I, I'm watching online right now so you can interact with me. Somebody just say hello to me, if you would, in the comment section. I would really appreciate that. Somebody just shout me down right now, say amen, oh me, oh my, something. All right. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 5. I'm going to be sharing a word with you this morning uh, out of the Gospel of John. Uh, I know it is not very exciting to, uh, I know some people watch us uh, every week, and so we're thankful for those that get to participate in our online services, uh, but for those of you that are usually here and present, it's just not the same. How many can say amen? It's just not the same um, in Jesus' name, and so we're actually hoping to open up uh, next Sunday, and so the 13th, my wife and I were talking and uh, I think that we feel comfortable with that, and so stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to our emails. Um, David, if you would, please bring the house lights up to where they normally are. I appreciate it, son. Uh, but uh, go ahead and subscribe to our emails, and make sure you follow us here on Facebook. And, uh, and we will be announcing that probably tomorrow or later today if we're going to go uh, live, which means we're going to open back up here for uh, uh, gatherings in the building. Can you say amen? How many are thankful for that? All right. So uh, we, I want to read this story, and then we're going to dive right into it. I believe this is a word for you, but it's also a word for us uh, to remember. Um, it's a powerful story about the mercy of God. Are you thankful for his mercy? His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. So in John chapter 5, Let's start reading at verse 1 in the New King James Version. All right, here we go. A man healed uh, at the pool of Bethesda. That is the thought. That is the beginning of the story. After there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, say sheep gate. There's a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time uh, into the pool and stirred the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. That's a long time. We thought 2020 was bad. 38 years years. Come on, somebody. And uh, then it goes on. It says, Jesus saw him lying there. We don't really know if he was blind, if he was lame. We're not sure what disease he had. Um, But it says here, Jesus knew he had been there and in that condition for a long time. And here's what the Lord said. Do you want to be made well? Verse 7, the sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water stirred up, but when I am coming, another steps down before me. I read it that way on purpose. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, Rise, say rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day 
was the Sabbath. Um, I could continue reading the story, but I'm just going to stop right there for now. Can you say amen? Pray with me real quick. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray. I pray, right? Were you praying in tongues or were you telling me something? Oh, okay. You never know. You know, husbands got to check their wives. Their wives are allowed to interrupt their prayers. Come on, somebody. Just like the Holy Ghost. Okay. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray for wisdom and revelation. I pray that those that have joined us, Lord, in their living room, in their cars, wherever they are, at their work, Lord, thank you for the word of the Lord coming forth uh, and just uh, being an encouragement in this moment. In Jesus' name, say amen with me or type it in the comment section. I want to ask you to share this right now if you would. You're watching on Facebook. Just share the post. Make sure you're sharing the video. Uh, get the word out. We want people to join and, uh, and uh, worship and enjoy the word with us. So I, I was reading the story, and I just felt in, impressed by the Lord and inspired by the Lord to share it. I was thinking about uh, something that happened a few years ago. When, uh, when, let's see, it was in 2018, and at this point, my wife and I had been pastoring about nine years, and uh, we had not taken a sabbatical in nine years, and uh, we had taken vacation, but we felt like we just wanted to take some time off. I had been working on my book, and, uh, and, and so we were like, all right, let's take some time off. I'm going to finish my book, and we're going to see some family. We're going to go out of town, so we intentionally purpose to rest. Now, how many know that there are times where you like plan a vacation? Now, I don't know if this is you or not, but this is, this is how it is in, in my circle. I should say being married to my wife. If we plan a vacation, she's going to plan a vacation. In other words, there's an agenda that if you don't follow strictly, you're going to hell. Like it's, <laughs> it's bad. If we go to Disneyland with Rochelle and you don't follow her, she'll have an anxiety attack and manipulate everyone around her until you bow to her agenda. Now, I like it. I, I kind of like it, baby, because then at least we're on track and we're not just sitting in the hotel room all day. We get there early. So this, this little vacation was not quite like that, but the intent was to rest and we ended up, or I, I should just say, I ended up not getting any rest at all because I was so burdened by what I was supposed to do while I'm resting that I couldn't rest. And there's something profound about this. You know, it, it's almost like we intend to sleep all night and we take a little nap because our minds are so preoccupied with things. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, the Lord gave us a word at the end of 2019, and we really felt like it was the word for the new year, for 2020. Uh, it's interesting. I actually preached a message at the end of the year about the spirit of Python, which is a demonic attempt to constrict uh, the people of God. And I believe that's exactly what coronavirus is. It is from the pit of hell. And the Lord gave us a word. We had, we had no knowledge of this yet, but the Lord gave us a word about 2020 being the year of rest. And then all hell broke loose. But you got to remember when God speaks something, it's to give us a word to get us through something. It's truth about what God is going to do and what he said so we can cling to the anchor of his promises. And so the Lord gave us a word. And then I found out, somebody shared with me, they said, you know, uh, 
a prophet uh, back in the day, Bob Jones prophesied 2020 would be a year of rest and would usher in the third great awakening. Well, I got excited, but I still wasn't at rest until I found myself quarantined in a home. Thank God I had a home with a pool in Las Vegas where it's sunny because I found myself at the pool almost every day. Come on, somebody. And I remember sitting out there a little overwhelmed. This is when we're praying and feeling God's call to pastor here in Rochester. And all of this happened. Like, we didn't know. We did not see this coming. All we knew the Lord said was rest. But we didn't feel at rest. But then I remember sitting out back, hanging out at the pool. My tan is looking pretty bronze. Come on, somebody. And then I can hear the Holy Spirit say, I told you this would be a year of rest. And there's something profound about this story where I see where this man is uh, disabled. He, is, he has an infirmity for 38 years. And I want to look at the text and I want to talk about this because there's some powerful truth in here uh, that can speak to us in our lives. The Bible says that it was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, which is interesting. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it was called the Pool of Bethesda. We don't know if it was just one pool or if it was, there was a higher pool. It was an artesian wellspring. But we do know that Bethesda means house of mercy or house of grace. It's in John chapter 5. I don't know if this is true or not, but 5 is supposed to be the number of grace. It reminds me, actually, when we uh, named our daughter Hannah. Hannah means grace, and her middle name is Grace, favor upon favor. And she was born 5-25-2005. And, uh, and it reminds me of the grace of God, that God's grace is sufficient. Now, this story is a story about grace. So he is by the pool of Bethesda that had five porches, and then he's surrounded by all these sick people. Now, it says in the text that an angel would come down and stir the waters. We don't know if that was something that actually happened, uh, if it was like a sort of a conspiracy or a, a, a superstitious type thing. But what we do know is the sheep gate was where all the sacrifices were brought through. So there was something special about the water because the water was connected to the Old Testament sacrifice. Now, I want you to think about this, that a lot of sheep would come through this water and there was something mystical about it to where one sick person, just say one, one sick person, Lots of sheep, one sick person would come. As soon as they touched the water, when the angel would stir it, they would be whole. But how many know that this guy, that wasn't what he needed? What he needed was Jesus. He didn't need a formula. He didn't need some old covenant blessing or type and shadow. He needed grace. And just like you and I, we find ourselves paralyzed by fear paralyzed by whatever thing that we feel like has dominated our lives for year upon year upon year, and what we need is an encounter with Jesus. You see, grace is a person. His name is Jesus. So the sheep gate was where all the sacrificial sheep came through and went through the waters. This is believed to be why those waters were special. Imagine all the sheep that went through there year after year, and then one person was able to receive that grace. Jesus completely altered that. He ushered in something new and better. Listen, check this out. Instead of a bunch of sacrifices, hopefully bringing healing to one person, 
One sacrificial lamb brings the healing to many. Now all are called to come and experience and drink this living water. But what does Jesus say to the man? He says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. What's powerful about this is that grace and mercy are not the same thing. Let me just tell you this for a minute, that mercy is encompassed in grace. But grace is so much more than just mercy. Mercy is, if I could use an illustration, is like a cushion that we fall on when we maybe make a mistake. Are you thankful for all those cushions that you've fallen on over the years? Come on. Lord, have mercy. Grace is a part of that, but mercy is more defined as those things uh, like that help us when we fall, that God's mercy is there when we make mistakes. But grace is what picks us back up. You see, grace is not just unmerited favor. It's divine enablement. In the ancient church, grace was known as divine energy from God. It's known as the nature, the power, and the presence of God that flows from his heart that causes us to rise up. So Jesus tells us men with an infirmity for 38 years, he says, rise and take your bed and walk. In other words, rise up. I'm giving you power. Now notice the Lord says, do you want to be made well? That's a really good question. I think the Lord asked that question on purpose because it stirred up faith in his heart. And notice he started making up excuses. Well, I don't have anyone to put me in the water, blah, 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 blah. But the Lord is asking us, do you want to be, do you want to be made well? And the answer, if yes, is we just need to receive his grace. And Jesus says, rise up, take your bed and walk. In other words, take authority over the thing, hear me, that determined where you went and what you did. God's grace empowers us to take authority over where we go and what we do. Can you say amen? Now, this was a bed, but this, he got no rest on this bed. I mean, he just laid there the whole time. How many know when you lay around all day, you don't get any rest? Come on, somebody. Isn't that true? It's so true. Like, I've been laying around all day, and I'm tired. I'm so tired. And this guy had an infirmity, but Jesus shows up as the one. Now, this whole story is also a type of baptism, the sheep gate, the pool. But Jesus is the, the waters of baptism, that healing river that we step into and we receive healing from our infirmity, forgiveness from our sin. Now, I want to read a verse to you real quick, Romans 5.17. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Oh, we have more online viewers. Praise God. That's because my message is just coming through, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Romans 5.17. This is so powerful. Grace is God's divine empowerment. It's not just mercy. It's not just a cushion to fall on. It actually empowers us. It energizes us. Now look at what Paul says about grace. If by one man's offense or sin, death reigned through the one, that's Adam, much more, say much more, those who receive, say receive, abundance of grace. I love that he says that. Grace abounds. There is an overflow. There is a supply. There is a provision of grace for us. Just like you have enough air to breathe, there is more than enough grace for you to receive every second and every moment. Now look what Paul says. As we receive the abundance of this grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. 
This guy at the Pool of Bethesda began to reign in life for the first time in 38 years. He took authority over the thing that determined what he did and where he went because he encountered grace and grace as a person. Jesus shows up and he wasn't just another sheep passing through the water. He was the sacrificial supreme lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Isn't that amazing? And Jesus shows up and he says, rise, take your bed and walk. Now, what's interesting about this, and I'll be closing in just a moment. This was done on the Sabbath. Now, if you remember the rest of the story, if you've read this before, verse 10 says, the Jews therefore said, who was cured, isn't this the Sabbath? It's not lawful for you for you to carry your bed. Now, hold on a minute. Do you just want to smack the Pharisees in the face? Because I do. This guy had been messed up and on this thing for 38 years. They missed the miracle because they've got such a religious spirit. Don't miss grace if you're paralyzed by religion. Don't miss what Jesus is doing right in front of you because you're blindsided by, by your own religious mindset. Now, now, we know that the Sabbath, Jesus said that he's Lord of the Sabbath. And how many know Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath? In other words, Sabbath was not meant to be a burden. Sabbath was meant to lift the burden. Isn't the same thing with rest, though? You see, the Jews, the religious system, the Pharisees had turned the law or the Sabbath, instead of taking real rest, it was a burden. And they're ridiculing this guy because he's carrying his bed and missing the miracle. Then the story goes on, and the guy goes to the temple, which is profound because he's, he's thankful for what God had done in his life. Uh, read the rest of the story. It's very powerful. But I want to talk about, in closing... The, the understanding of this, that how do we receive God's grace? The Bible says that we receive salvation by grace through faith. What's faith? It feels like we have to like really drum up some belief here. Faith just feels like we have to, I believe. I believe, Lord. How many have ever been praying something like, I don't want to have any doubtful thoughts right now. I just want to have faith. How many know that faith is not just some mental ascent? Faith is not just some way that, you know, like we all of a sudden have no doubtful thoughts. No, the flavor and the language of faith is rest and trust. How do you receive grace? You rest. This is the whole story. It's not a coincidence this was done on the Sabbath. That's how we receive grace. We receive grace in the Sabbath, in the rest. Jesus comes and he says, I'm grace, receive. You don't need this formula. It's not about the sacrifices you've made. It's not about all the old covenant principles. No, I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I'm here to tell you, rise up. And so I speak to you that if you feel like you haven't been able to take real rest, enter his rest. There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And Jesus gives us the ability to rise up and overcome as we take this rest on, as we receive the rest that he gives us. Man, it's so good. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 30. Some of you are familiar with this. I'm going to read it in the message translation. This is so powerful, and I want to I speak it over you that are watching, those of you that are in this room. 
I want to I minister this to you. These are the words of Jesus. Matter of fact, I want to ask you to close your eyes. I want to ask you to just hear the words of Jesus as he says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? If you answer yes to any of those, then listen to what he says. Come to me. All you got to do is come and receive. Get away with me. Sounds like a vacation. Come on, somebody. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Come on. Real rest. Real rest. Real rest. Where anxiety has no place in your mind. (laughs) But there's grace. When I think about the word grace, I think about my kids. I think about Hannah because we named Hannah Grace. And as a young girl, she was daddy's girl early on. And, uh, and she would just come and be affectionate to me. It always warmed my papa heart. And there'd be times, I call her Grace. I call her by her middle name all the time. I would just say, and this is the picture of God's grace. I'm like, Grace, I need some grace. How many know that at any moment we can receive the grace of God and we can take on that rest? Grace, I need some grace. And Hannah would run up and just embrace me with a warm embrace. And God's grace wants to surround you and empower you right now so that you can feel at peace and feel at rest. Jesus says, I'll show you how to take real rest. If you're watching online, type in real rest. I receive your grace, Lord. And look what Jesus says in closing. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. In other words, let me do the work. Oh, that's a good word. Let me do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In other words, receive the rhythm of grace. God sets the tone. God creates the music. We just learn how to dance to it. It's not the other way around. I've made fun of people before. Lord, forgive me. But I I just can't help myself. People that don't have rhythm. And I'm like you, like most people. If there's somebody at a wedding dancing and they don't have rhythm, everybody's watching. People are pulling their phones out. All the kids, you know, they're pulling their phones out. Sarah does it to me now. I was messing around on the drums the other day, and she posted it on her Instagram story. I was so mad at her. Shame me, but I shame people for not having rhythm. But how many know sometimes we're out of rhythm? Because we don't hear the beat. We don't, we don't hear the music. And, and hear me, when you hear the voice of Jesus, who is grace, <laughs> saying, rise up, take your bed and walk, you realize that he's telling you, I'm giving you what you need to accomplish this. You don't need a formula. You don't need a sacrifice. You don't need all the other things that you thought would have to be in order to make this work. No, just take authority over the thing that has dominated what you did and where you went for all these years. Take authority. I might be talking to some people right now, and you have been in bondage for 38 years. I'm telling you right now, there's freedom for you if you receive the grace of God. It's not just mercy. It's not just falling on your face. Grace empowers responsibility. This is what we just read in Romans, that you can reign in life. 
learn how to receive his grace. How? By taking, just resting and trusting. That's what faith is. Resting and trusting in Jesus. He says, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Come on, there's a sound, there's a song, there's a melody of love, and it is pulling you into the very heart of God so that you can rest and rise up. See, we don't work to rest, we rest to work. And the Bible says this, I will not, Jesus says, lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Oh, that's a good word. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Can you say amen? God is so good. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I want you to pray with us. I want you to pray uh, and I want to pray for you. Those of you that are watching online, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands and receive the grace of God. Father, I just thank you for real rest. I thank you that anxiety and fear and worry has no place in the hearts and minds of God's people. And so I just declare right now freedom from, from any of uh, that oppression or any burdens. We command those things to, to go from your people right now. I declare rest and peace. I declare the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and guards our hearts and minds. Lord, we thank you for grace that empowers. Grace is not just unmerited favor. It is that. But the favor of God is God's supernatural enablement. It's divine energy. It empowers us. It's your love and nature. It's your presence. It's a river that flows from your heart to us. It's like air that we breathe. There's more than enough. So we receive the abundance of your grace so that we can reign in life. And I pray anyone watching that has a proverbial mat or bed that has determined what they did and where they went for year upon year, maybe it's a whole season of their life, I declare, let them hear the word of Jesus, the words of Jesus saying, rise take authority over that. <laughs> Rise up and take authority over that. And walk and do what God has called you and created you to do by the power of his love and grace. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? Amen and amen. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.